Ladies and gentlemen, live from the world's most beautiful city, San Francisco, California, Ring Talk, your inside look into the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. I expose people to magic. I expose them to something they're never otherwise going to see in their boring, normal lives. And I gave that to them. Ring Talk on Sports Byline is brought to you by the World Boxing Organization and ringtalk.com. That's how I roll. And now, the host of the longest-running fight show in history. Radical people like Sean Penn and Mel Gibson and Colin Farrell and Pedro Fernandez. Radical people. Damas y caballeros, bienvenidos, ladies and gentlemen, live worldwide from the Sports Byline Studios in San Francisco. This is Ring Talk, your inside look into the world of boxing. This hour, we celebrate the life of Muhammad Ali, 73 years young, 1960 Olympic gold medalist at light heavyweight, three-time world heavyweight champion, iconic figure, Probably the best public orator, as far as African Americans are concerned, of the 20th century outside of the great Martin Luther King. Of course, we just celebrated his birthday uh, in the next few days. So straight up, lots of Ali to talk about. He's been in and out of the hospital of late, so I think it's time to celebrate his life and put it into perspective that even the greatest, yes, even the greatest grows old. We have open phone lines coast to coast, one 800 878 7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. We'll go back in time and listen to Ali from the early days to some of the later days. We'll celebrate his 50th birthday party with the great Howard Cosell. That's right. Lots of stuff today on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. By the way, have you downloaded the iHeartRadio app yet? You haven't? Well, if you do, you can take Ring Talk Live Worldwide anywhere you go, 24-7 around the world on your smartphone or your tablet. And you can listen online as well at iHeartRadio.com, live or delayed. So all kinds of options if you check out iHeartRadio.com and make Ring Talk part of your iHeart family. Straight up, it's a free app. doesn't cost you a dime. Speaking of free, toll-free, coast-to-coast, open phone lines, 1-800-878-7529. That's 1-800-878-7529. This is Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Protective Insurance Specialist is a referral service that connects you to a licensed agent. Availability, waiting periods, and limitations vary by state. Not major medical. Certain plans require association membership. After my husband passed away, we couldn't pay the mortgage, make car payments, or pay bills. Sometimes even having enough food was a problem. All of a sudden, our financial security, gone. You've made plans for the future. College for the kids. Retirement. Have you thought of the unexpected curves life can throw at you? Ask yourself, what if... Wait till something happens to your family or make sure you're ready with coverage by calling Protectum Insurance Specialists. Get term life insurance, accident insurance, critical illness insurance all in one. Just minutes on the phone. No medical exams, no health questions and guaranteed acceptance. It's coverage you don't get from your health insurance. Call for a free quote. 800-473-0563. Get cash fast directly to you when you need it and use it for whatever you want. Call toll-free 800-473-0563, 800-473-0563. 
If you've ever imagined yourself in Hawaii, YMT Vacations will make your dreams come true. With a perfect climate, breathtaking scenery, and exquisite beaches, you can experience paradise with YMT on a 13-day four-island tour. Feel the warm sand beneath your toes on Oahu. Smell the flowers and see the brilliant colors of Kauai. Discover spectacular waterfalls and lush tropical foliage on Maui, or picture yourself strolling the black sand beaches of the Big Island. YMT Vacations offers weekly departure dates with beautiful hotels on all four islands, baggage handling, tour guide drivers, sightseeing, flights between the islands, and free time to relax. For details and reservations, call YMT at 1-888-817-8360 or go to ymtvacations.com. Don't miss out on this trip of a lifetime at the guaranteed lowest price from only $1,649 plus tax. Low-cost airfare available too. Call today, 1-888-817-8360 or go to ymtvacations.com. Tired of calls, levies, and liens from the IRS or hiring others who don't get the job done? Call Wall & Associates and you'll never talk to the IRS again. The IRS has a program to eliminate tax debt and Wall & Associates professionals are trained to maximize its benefits for you. You always speak with a live person with real support and real knowledge. We've helped thousands of taxpayers like you settle their tax debt with the IRS for a fraction of what they owe. We solve tax problems. Call Wall & Associates now. 800-480-5708. We have the professionals who know how to solve tax problems. If you owe money to the IRS, your tax problems are not going away by themselves, and the passage of time will only make matters worse. Act now before it's too late. Call Wall & Associates right now to speak to a professional tax relief agent. Call 800-480-5708. That's 800-480-5708. Again, 800-480-5708. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. He is the greatest fighter of all times next to me. I'm here, and I'm ready. They're not. Bring it. January the 17th, 1942, Louisville, Kentucky. Mr. and Mrs. Cassius Clay Sr. Welcome Cassius Clay Jr. Of course, he would go on to win the United States Golden Gloves out here in San Francisco, California. Then, of course, he... United States uh, Olympics uh, Championship, the Olympic Trials, and of course went on and won the gold medal at 178 pounds. Straight up, probably the most prolific athlete in the history of sports. Can you think of somebody that's, that deserves a, a higher mantle, a higher spot as far as the, the world uh, spotlight is concerned? I mean, not really. I mean, you can't even find a, a close second, can you? I mean, think about that. Muhammad Ali, and who's after that? Of course, the man, was, the man showed incredible intestinal fortitude standing up to the uh, military-industrial complex. And that's what it boiled down to. People don't realize this. But Lyndon Johnson was the president of the United States, and they came up with this concocted plan. They called it the Gulf of Tonkin incident, where allegedly the Vietnamese fired at one of our battleships. Well, they didn't sink one of our battleships. They didn't fire at one of our battleships. That was a a ruse to get us into this Vietnam War that took 58,000 lives. So Muhammad Ali stood up and said, you know, I realize that you're not going to put me in harm's, uh, harm's way. You're not going to make me go out there and fight the Vietnamese in the jungle. But then again, I'm not going to do this for you. I'm not going to be your symbol. I'm not going to let you take me and use me as a symbol to lead young men to slaughter. And I could see his point there because they would have used him as a, as a prop. They'd have had him you know, go to different bases and, hi, how are you guys, and shoot videos and things like that if he was that Uncle Tom type of guy. But guess what? Obviously, Cassius Clay, who had irritated the entire boxing establishment and the world at large 
when he declared that he was a Muslim and converting to Islam after the Sonny Liston fight in 1964. I mean, that just that just set the entire world on, on edge. I mean, seriously, you talk about the, the anti-Islamic stuff going on right now as far as around the world's uh, sentiments are concerned, like in France and things like that. Well, when Muhammad Ali did this, it was considered like he had just declared war on every Christian in the world. Oh, it was terrible. The religious people were up in arms, and, of course, the government came in and eventually took his heavyweight championship away, his, uh, his ability to work, his ability to defend himself and defend his, uh, his title and his livelihood because he wouldn't step forward and enter into the Vietnam War, okay? And as I said, I backed him 100,000% 100, on this one. But there are friends of mine that went to Vietnam, and they thought that on the flip side that what Ali was doing was bad, that it wasn't good for uh, the United States, that it wasn't good for the, the government as a whole, the country as a whole. Well, I, I don't think so. I don't think that, that fighting and losing 58,000 people on a ruse is, is the way to go. And I think for him to have, to have the intestinal fortitude to stand up to Lyndon Johnson, of course, who, who had covered up the, the murders of JFK and Martin Luther King. And, and, and I mean, come on. It's pretty obvious that when he stood up to these guys, he was, he was, he was this was the David against Goliath. Okay, and he was going to get stomped on, and he did get stomped on twenty six, but they couldn't shut him up, and he went from college campus to college campus, making sometimes a hundred bucks for an appearance, or just maybe enough to cover his airline flight or his his bus 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 trip or whatever whatever means he ended up getting to that college campus. I mean, that's what he was working on, bare bones. Didn't have much money during the exile years. Of course, we're talking about nineteen sixty seven to nineteen seventy. The last fight was with Zora Foley. Of course, Zora Foley was aged at that point in time. It was a payday for the old man. And for Ali, it was an easy fight, but that was the end, the end of the first reign. And that might have been the, the end of the greatest era of heavyweight boxing we've ever seen, meaning the greatest fighter was on the greatest stage, and he was in his prime. I mean, when he beat up on Cleveland Big Cat Williams, Zora Foley, I thought he took it a little easy on, but the Cleveland Big Cat Williams, the hand speed that he showed there for a heavyweight, you've never seen it before. You've never seen it after. It just it is a once in a lifetime like a thing. Muhammad Ali is a once in a once in it not in a generation once in a, in the world type of guy. He just is. When we traveled around the world, going from uh, different spots in China and Asia, and watching the the public adore him, just adore him. I mean, they come out in public. And it's sort of like a a uh, a virus of sorts, a good virus. It gets out that Ali's in town. I kid you not. We were in this small city. In Macau, in the small little city, take it back, the small little section of Macau, and, uh, and it was like a, a little, how can I put this? It was like an Italian neighbor because the Italians had, had didn't, and the Portuguese had done a lot of work there, and it was a Portuguese colony at the time before it converted back to China. But all these little windy streets and this, that, and people were coming out of their, their homes and stopping the van. I mean, it was like there was no word that we were coming, okay, but all of a sudden people knew it. And it spread without the, I don't know if they were, I don't think they had cell phones back then. No, they didn't, obviously, 94. Not in China, but they were doing their thing. And they came out and they treated us like gold. And Ali stopped the van. He wouldn't let these people just, you know, go ignore it. He stopped the van and he got out and he shook every hand until his hand was almost sore. And he signed some autographs and he took a few pictures, you know. And it was just just amazing to spend some time around him. It really was. And I guess the... One of the greatest experiences I've ever had in my life was we went to an orphanage in Macau. 
And uh, this was always this was a this was a sad event. And I crack a tear once in a while, and I cracked a tear at the time. Um, the kids that we were visiting were uh, being taken care of by a group of Catholic nuns, and this was in a little destitute part of Macau. Nice little Catholic building, but the area was sort of run down. So our tour guide ends up bringing us there, and we jump out, and all of a sudden we're seeing kids with <clears throat> no arms, or maybe no hands, or maybe one leg or maybe no legs, maybe just crawling around, dragging himself around on the floor in a, in a set of diapers. I kid you not. It was really, it was a horrific scene. It was really, really, really hard on me. I mean, it was just like, whoa. I was saying to myself, I just had a daughter that was only like four years old at the time. So this was like freaking me out. Okay, it just was. And I was trying to compose myself and, you know, always playing with the kids. Just, Come on, let's play with the kids. So we played with the kids for a while and I guess we were there for about hmm, half hour, 45 minutes. And before we go, before we left, uh, got up to leave, Ali asked me, uh, how much money did I have on me? Mm, okay, I think I had about 400 bucks, four to 500 bucks, somewhere around there. Anyway, he goes, give it to me. I said, whoa, okay. What are you going to say? Muhammad Ali tells you, give him the, ah, it's not, he didn't stick me up like, like it was a bandit type of thing, but he just said, give it to me. Okay, and I figured if I gave it to him, I was going to get it back, right? This is Muhammad Ali, and, and, and I did, anyway. So anyway, but the bottom line was I gave him the 470 or 400, almost 500 bucks I had, and other guys were there kicked in some money. I think Jack Welsh even threw down a couple of bucks. He late Las Vegas uh, boxing writer, of course, originally out of Philadelphia. But I got to tell you, when Jack throws a couple of bucks in anything, it's significant. So you got to take note of it, the great late Jack Welsh. But no, we all threw in some money, and I think there was about uh, about $1,200 in total. So Ollie gets you 1200 bucks. And he gives it to the, the lead sister, the nun, and she's, like, overwhelmed. She's, like, blown away. She comes to tears and this and that. And, you know, all the way out, uh, there's a photographer, and he's snapping all these pictures. And I'm saying, man, what a, what a photo op this is. This was, but it was Ali's private, photograph, private photographer. So it wasn't like it, it was, yeah, you know, I mean, it was Howard Bingham. It wasn't, it wasn't some, somebody guy off the street. It was Howard Bingham shooting all these shots. And, of course, there's Ali with the kids and, and the nuns, but the twelve hundred bucks, believe it or not, paid for uh, the entire uh, entire years worth of food back in 1994. for an entire years of food, according to the nun, for the uh, the thirteen kids that were at the the convent right there, the orphanage, thirteen kids of food for their for an entire year, and he, she said it would have fed them good, so she was happy, and you know we left, and I was all bummed out. I was. I mean, come on, man. Seeing kids with, you know, one arm and deformed faces and things like that. Because in the Chinese world, if your kid's deformed, if he's retarded, guess what? We cast him to the curb. Yeah, we don't, we don't like, take care of him. No, no, we just get rid of him. He's, he's like an eyesore, uh, a jinx to the family. So we throw him out on the curb. Uh, seriously, you find him in the street. So all these kids were like, basically dumped in the street in Macau. And, of course, now they were being taken care of by this, these Catholic nuns and, and being taken care of nicely, may I say. But I have to tell you, when she said uh, you're taking care of us for an entire year, I was a little blown away by that. So we're on the bus, and we're rolling out, okay? And my eyes got a little heavy because I'm looking out the window and seeing the, the, uh, the nun carrying one of the kids with no legs, I mean, with a diaper, nothing but a diaper on. It was like a little weird. It was hard to look at, especially knowing that Jacqueline was at home and she was in diapers and I was freaking out. It was like wigging me out, man. This, this, this could, you know, my kid could have been born like that. Anyway, straight up. So I'm in tears and I'm making my way back to the hotel with Muhammad Ali. And he sees me starting to cry. And you know what he says to me? 
He says, son, you can't save every puppy in the pound. Be glad you did what you did for those kids. You took care of them for an entire year. Today, we're all champions. The great Muhammad Ali, 1994 Macau. You are to the Ring Talk Live Worldwide, your inside look into the world of boxing. Muhammad Ali and Liberace coming up in the next break. We'll do Ali and Cosell at about 40 minutes past the hour. Not going to touch on the world of MMA in this show. We've got the Sunday edition, 11 a.m. Pacific time. Of course, the Ring Talk weekend on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. 11 a.m. Saturday for an hour at 11 a.m. Pacific time. And, of course, we come back at 11 a.m. Sunday for two hours on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. All times are Pacific times. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. little mellow East Bay soul here, and that's what we need in the studio, mellowness. You're tuned to Ring Talk. It's late. Your baby is flushed and congested. Do you go to the emergency room, pay your doctor, hoping you hear back? No. You're out of refills, and your doctor can't see you for two weeks. Do you go without? No. You've broken out in itchy hives and are running a fever, but you're traveling in miles from home. Do you suffer through it? No. You sign up with Doc On Call to make sure it doesn't happen again. Doc On Call will give you immediate access to board-certified physicians and registered nurses day or night with one-on-one video or phone consultations. All consultations are completely confidential, and records are immediately transmitted to your physician. Doc On Call is a great backup plan because it allows allows you to contact a doctor on a moment's notice. Now you can get convenient personal professional medical care whenever you need it. Call now to get started and have a doctor always on call for less than a dollar a day. With Doc on Call, your appointment is when you say it is. Call now. 1-800-996-7722 now. That's 1-800-996-7722. 1-800-996-7722. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical and some may not qualify. The consultation is free and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? 
but it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit, but you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. I'd like you to meet, perhaps, ladies and gentlemen, the next world's champion of the Lexington YMCA, a grand young man. I hope the next champion of the United States. Why not? Cassius Clay. to learn, you know, because I've gone along with the, with the, the cliche, you know, that, uh, that you're all a product of uh, poetry and everything, but I didn't know that you were United States Olympic boxing champ, 
you lie on the floor while the ref counts ten. You pray that you won't have to fight me again. For I'm the man this poem is about. The next champ of the world, there isn't a doubt. Here I predict, and I know the score. I'll be champ of the world in 64. If Cassius says a mosquito can pull a plow, don't ask how. Hit him up. How can you top that? <clears throat> Seriously. The great Jack Parr, the great late Jack Parr, he was the host of the Tonight Show. Uh, that was his show. And uh, Liberace was there. Liberace was a, a colorful character of the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s. He lived on into the 80s. And I, uh, he, he, was, he was gay. He was obviously gay. I mean, the guy was a piano king. He would appear on all these shows wearing all these gaudy outfits and things like that. But he was obviously gay back at a time when it wasn't cool to even be slightly gay. You know what I mean? Him and Paul Lynn sort of got away with it. But straight up Liberace and bringing out the best as far as poetry was concerned, I thought, in the uh, then Cassius Clay. And, of course, he talked about being the United States Olympic, Olympic champion. Ali corrected him. No, no, no. I'm the world Olympic champion. That's what he was. <clears throat> 1960, of course. Uh, going on to win the World Heavyweight Championship, turning pro against a guy but <clears throat> that doesn't get any accl- acclimates, but he's part of history because he wasn't all that great of a fighter, but he was a good guy. He was Tony Hunsaker. In fact, Eric Botcher, the uh, the matchmaker for several boxing promoters, he, uh, how can I put this? he interviewed every opponent that Muhammad Ali had, every single opponent, okay? And from Tony Hunsaker down down, I kid you not. And, and and he's got he was trying to do a book on it and there was no publisher wanted to do it and then a publisher said he was going to do it I mean but Ali it was like 1960 October turns pro wins his four round decision over take that back a six round decision over Tony Hunsaker that was in Louisville then he switched gears and went to Miami for his next four or five fights you know digging on the the usual guys you're going to fight but <clears throat> eventually he fought Lamar Clark Lamar Clark was was not a bad fighter. He was only like 19 years old then, 19 years old in a couple of months. But he went on a couple of fights, fought guys like Alex Mitteff and, and Sonny Banks. Sonny Banks put him down. He knocked out Sonny Banks in the fourth round, but Sonny Banks put Muhammad Ali, then Cassius Clay, on the deck. And, of course, Ali decked by a left hook. That's what he got hit with that when he went down each of the times when he was dropped as a pro. Frazier, left hook, always a left hook. See, because you don't see the left hook coming. Ali was one of those guys that if you can see the punch – could absorb it for the most part. Uh, I sort of uh, believe in that as well. If you can see it coming, you know it had. You know you can absorb it a little bit better. If you don't see it coming, the punches that don't you see that that's it. Lights out. History. Then of course he fought Archie Moore, and he was only uh, 16, uh, 16 and zero. And Archie Moore lasted four rounds. Archie Moore was like God, forty five, almost fifty years old, the former light heavyweight champion of the world. Then he fought a football player in, in Charlie Brown. And then then he went ten rounds with Doug Jones. And this was in the Garden in New York City. He just turned 21 years old. This was in uh, 1963, March. And, you know, people thought that he didn't look so impressive against Doug Jones. In fact, some people were whispering that he might have lost to Doug Jones. Then, of course, he takes on Henry Cooper. And he goes across the pond to London, and Henry drops him. Like in the fourth round, ba-boo! And then, you know, of course, the great Angelo Denis pulled that trick where he either cut the glove or he opened the glove or something happened to the glove. The glove had a cut in it. They had to wait for another glove. The glove the glove never came. The fight resumed like five to seven minutes later. Ali's head was clear, and he came out and chopped Henry Cooper down in the very next round. But then 
He took on the baddest man on the planet then. I mean, talking about Sidney, Sonny Liston, the world heavyweight champion. Ali was only 20-0. and 0. He was still cash the slave, but only 20-0. and 0. This was 1964, February 25th, Miami Beach. Okay, sold out Miami Beach Convention Center. Everybody wanted to hear what the Louisville Lip had to say. The fight was almost postponed, almost canceled, because during his pre-fight physical, which takes place uh, sometimes right there, at the way, and a lot of times it doesn't. It takes place other parts, hotel room, and, and in a doctor's office or a doctor's room in the hotel or, or the venue in which it's taking place. But this time it was right out there at the press conference, and Ali's heart was racing so much. I mean, it was like going like hundreds, blah, 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 going crazy because he was going crazy. So his heartbeat was, was through the roof. And the uh, Florida Athletic Commission thought about, well, maybe we shouldn't let him fight. So no, no, no. They ended up letting him fight. Of course, he stopped Sonny Liston. In seven rounds, a scheduled 15-round bout for the World Heavyweight Championship. He won the ring, WBA, and WBC World Heavyweight title. Of course, he was stripped of that title in 1964, the WBA version. And then Ernie Terrell ended up taking it. Of course, Ernie Terrell was the first alphabet champion, and that's what his claim to fame is. Ernie Terrell tied a couple of weeks ago, a heavyweight contender slash WBA champion out of Chicago, Illinois. But there was a first listening fight. Then, you know, there was a little controversy there because people thought that Sonny might have quit because, you know, he uh, the fight was fixed or the mafia got to him and things like that. We can go into that uh, a little bit later. But then there was a rematch. And the great anchor punch, whatever you want to call it. I thought the punch connected. I saw his, his chin get checked, and I thought that Sonny Liston got caught cold with a punch he didn't see. When he get hit with a punch he didn't see, just like I said with the left hook, on occasion it will be a right hand. You just don't see it coming. And pow, you know, you get smacked and, and you're down and you're out. And, you know, Sonny was rolling around. And, of course, he, the former world heavyweight champion was, was trying to, uh, uh, Jersey Joe Walker was a referee and he was trying to trying to get things together and things weren't coming together and the, the, the count was long. And, and Nat Fleischer, Ring Magazine, ended up jumping up and, and telling, uh, telling the referee that, the, the, you know, the count of 10, the count had reached 10 and, and the fight was over. And, of course, Ali was now still the world heavyweight champion, albeit very controversially. And, you know, what was funny is when Liston went down, you see Ali standing over him saying, get up, sucker, get up, get up. I mean, he was mad. It wasn't like he was glad he dropped him. He didn't think it was, he didn't think the punch was too real. Later in life, he called it the anchor punch. He gave a little legitimacy to it. Of course, when the instant replay thing came up and you saw the, the bang, Punch making contact with Sonny Liston's chin, but still one of the most controversial moments in the history of world heavyweight boxing. Of course, the sporting world celebrating the life of Muhammad Ali, 73 years young. Too bad the greatest orator of the 20th, 20th century cannot speak that well in the 21st century. Man, would he have a lot to say about things today? He really would. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. This is the Muhammad Ali special. On the Sports Byline Radio Network, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM Satellite Radio, and of course, of course, the American Forces Network. The Sports Byline collection of original full-length interviews of today's stars and past sports legends is now available in the Sports Byline Audio Vault. 
at sportsbyline.com. Players, managers, coaches, broadcasters, commissioners, and owners talk about their teams, games, careers, unforgettable moments, and disappointments in this unique collection of original full-length interviews. It works on iPhones, iPads, and Android devices. Go to sportsbyline.com and click on the vault. John Lynch joins us on Sports Byline. He played 15 seasons in the National Football League. When you hear me say that number 15 years in the NFL, how much are you impressed by it, John? When you're playing, you're so invested and you're so worried about each and every day that you really never stop and take the time to look back. Considering I was a third-round draft pick out of Stanford, you know, the fact that I, that I carved out a career in which I was blessed enough to play for 15 years in this league, I feel incredibly blessed. I worked incredibly hard to make that happen, and I never felt like it was a job. It, I loved every second of it. These original full-length interviews and more are now available in the Sports Byline Audio Vault. At sportsbyline.com, you'll hear players, coaches, managers, and owners talk about their careers, influences, and moments they'll never forget. This rare collection of original full-length interviews is available on iPhones, iPads, and Android devices at sportsbyline.com. Ray Lucas joins us on Sports Byline. He played eight seasons for the New England Patriots, New York Jets, Miami Dolphins. Ray, let's go back and talk a little bit about your career. Quarterback in the NFL, sustained some you know, some serious injuries. Um, you know, I was taking the pain pills. I was feeling pretty good. I stopped taking them, and I found myself on the floor, shaking, stomach aches, flu-like symptoms. Um, that was my first case of withdrawal. It works on iPhones, iPads, and Android devices. Go to sportsbyline.com and click on the vault. Going back to the my vaccine thing, you cost me a lot of misery, and all total, $2,700 in doggy fees, and all it took was one container of Dynavite. Two pounds, three ounces, and my dog has been cured. Abby's a five-year-old silky terrier. She had, like, chicken pox on her belly, clusters of bumps on her back, and she was allergic to, like, 70-some-odd things. So the dermatologist, it was like, oh, yeah, just keep giving her needles every 10 days. But she's not clearing up. And then I, it came up on my radio, Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E. Com. 859-428-1000. And I was like, oh, that's it, that's it. I give her the Dynavite after five weeks. And one morning there was nothing there. And I'm like, oh, my God, she's all clear. There wasn't one blemish on her body. Her fur is beautiful. She is totally happy. She is a healthy, bump-free, pimple-free, shiny, silky. It turned our lives around. So thank you very much for Dynavite. I couldn't be happier. Dynavite's the bomb. 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. dot com. Now, more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. And right, then running the canvas. Referee J.C. Joe Walcott trying to get Ali to a neutral corner. Ali yelling at Piston to get up and fight. The anchor punch. Which punch? Anchor. I call it the anchor punch. Someone step and fetch it out here? Yeah, man. And people couldn't see it. They, it was so fast. Sport Illustrated clocked. The, they got a slow motion camera. They clocked the punch, and the punch flew at four one hundredths of a second. You can break a second down to a hundred pieces. You know how people win a ski race? They say one in sixteen one hundredths. He won in thirty two one hundredths of a second. So you can break a second down to a hundred pieces. So you know, yes, yeah, quick. So four one hundred. They got a machine that goes like real quick, and it counts real quick. You know, real quick, and. By the time that thing hit four, that's how quick, from the time the punch started to the where it landed, it was four one-hundredths of a second, which is an eye blink. Like a camera flash, that's four hundredths of a second. Now, 
the minute I hit Sonny Liston, all of those people blinked at that moment. That's why they didn't see the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. Now, if you watch the film close, you got to hold your eyes. <laughs> and keep looking about that. When I say, all right, I'm getting ready to hit him, you can't just, you got to hold your eyes and wait. Now, you won't see it, man. The great Muhammad Ali explaining, of course, the punch that took out Sonny Liston in their rematch. Wow. You know, it's hard to believe. It's 50 years since Muhammad Ali captured the World Heavyweight Championship. It's been 50 years. Holy, that's a long, long time. But a half a century, still the most prolific athlete on the planet, no question about that. I mean, still today, as I said, who deserves a higher spot on the mantle than Muhammad Ali? Well, of course, it was the two fights with Sonny Liston. Of course, the rematch, the first round, we just heard about the, the anchor punch. And Floyd Patterson was up next, George Chavalo. Henry Cooper, rematched with Cooper. He took care of Cooper in six rounds over there in London. Fought a guy named Brian London. Not a very good fighter. Carl Mildenberger was a tough middle, a middleweight out of Germany. Went over to Germany and TKO'd him in 12. Cleveland Big Cat Williams. That was Ali's probably most spectacular hand speed. Knocking out Cleveland Big Cat Williams. Big Cat there for a, uh, a payday. Because, you know, he was, he was an old guy and he had sort of got shorted. got shot a couple times, I believe. And his boxing prime was taken away by the fact that that, you know, Custy Amato, when he had Floyd Patterson, didn't want to fight Cleveland Big Cat Williams, didn't want to fight Zora Foley, didn't want to fight Eddie Machen. I can go on and on. There was about three or four guys that, maybe another couple of guys that, that Cuss avoided. Of course, eventually he had to fall victim to Sonny Liston, the public ridicule that, that Floyd Patterson w- went through because he wouldn't fight Sonny Liston. For years, he ducked Sonny Liston. But then there's a the Cleveland Big Cat Williams. Then, of course, in 1967, February, Ali hooks up at the Astrodome in Texas, with Ernie Terrell. Ernie Terrell is now the WBA champion after the the uh, the WBA had stripped Muhammad Ali after going back with the Sonny Liston rematch instead of taking on Zora Foley. I take it back instead of taking on Ernie Terrell at that point in time. So now the championship is back together, undisputed. Ernie Terrell uh, gets beaten on for 15 rounds. I mean, Ali was 25 years old, just turned 25, and just, just pounded, just pounded on Ernie Terrell. Kept saying, what's my name? What's my name? Because, you know... This was the ugly side of Muhammad Ali. He was the ugliest Muhammad Ali I think ever got in his entire professional career. And then later in life, him being a devout Muslim and, and things like that, he, he see, we talked about that at a, on a bus in, in China. And he looked at me and said, yeah, that wasn't cool that night. He realized that. I wasn't cool. But, you know, Terrell was disrespecting him. And he, uh, you know, one wrong doesn't make a right, or two wrongs don't make a right. And the bottom line was Muhammad Ali punished Ernie Terrell that day. Then his last fight before being suspended as world heavyweight champion, took place in 1967, March 22nd to be exact. Of course, that was just like a, a month after uh, fighting Terrell. I kid you not, a month later, less than a month later, he takes it back, five weeks later, he's fighting uh, Zora Foley in last defense of the world heavyweight championship. This is in New York City. He ends up beating Zora Foley at TKO and taking it back at KO in seven. He's 29-0, and 0, only 25 years old, and he's stripped of the world heavyweight championship. Okay, we'll pick the story up. On the other end of this great story, we're talking about the birthday of Muhammad Ali, number 50, with the great, the mouth that roared, the late, great Howard Cosell. Muhammad, was he doing anything differently up to the time you hit him from the first fight? Well, Howard Cosell, he, what he was doing was, uh, this fella making all this noise is Howard Cosell. What, what he was doing, Howard. Good luck. I hope it's not an act. I hope you mean it. If it's an act, just look at my record and see if they have the other fights been acts. Have they been axed? Not so far. Well, what makes you think I'm acting? <laughs> and with that final stage of the act, 
This is unexpected. I didn't know you would invite me to do this. Oh, hold it. You must be on boxing position and just have a little dance like we're boxing and, and just for one second. I have to time it. And for one second. <laughs> right there, see? Whom would you like to fight and where and when? I'd like to fight whoever you think's the best, the number one man. I'd say he's Zoe Foley. I'm not sure that there's anybody left, really, for you to fight. You. That may come about someday. Thank you for coming. Just stay on. in shape. Are you taking Zara Foley too lightly? Why would you say that? Because every indication has been that you're confident that you can beat Zara. I'm confident I can whoop all of them. This ain't nothing new. My image is being confident. What you're trying to make it look like something new for? I'm always confident I can whoop all of them. You're being extremely truculent. Whatever truculent mean, if that's good, I'm that. Tell you, Coast Cell, I've been taking oxygen because I needed the oxygen. What you will see is I won't need the oxygen tonight. I'm ready. I want you so bad, I just get tired. I, I done made you great in this country, and you still popping off. I want you bad. Wait, let's get the facts straight. I made you. You made Nobody me. Nobody knew you. You made me. I took a poor little kid from Lowerville and, and made, made me. Let's put Ain't it nobody on the thing. About anybody who didn't watch football didn't know you. <laughs> Come on, it gets back with the interview now. Number two. The body is now aging. A shell of what it used to be. What am I going to do? The man's beset by fear. What are you going to do to George Foreman? <laughs> <laughs> he just said the man's body is not what it used to be. The man is beset by fear. Talking about me. Are you crazy? If I had a lower IQ, I could enjoy your interview. But as you said, it was extraordinary. It was still a good fight. Yeah, it was a good fight. But the soccer fight, how would I dance 12 rounds three years later? I got the films if you don't believe me. I saw it. I called it. Well, you right. thought that fight was no contest. You're not as dumb as you look. And that's saying a lot coming from me. What you call Let's it? tell it like it is. Right from the beginning. I done made you famous enough. Everywhere I go, you follow me to get your name in the papers and on television. I done made still you still be stealing bikes in Louisville if it's tell not Don't tell people I stole bikes. Everybody's talking about Joe Frazier. Joe Frazier. This chumps out there think Joe Frazier can beat me. I'm Muhammad Ali. I am the greatest. I brought to boxing the anchor punch, the ghetto walker, the bull punch, the Malaysian wall, the double shuffle, the Russian bank, the rope and dope, the You realize we are opening up the sack. This is live. Split screen. I talk to you. I talk to Frazier. These people will then have a chance to evaluate your courage or lack thereof. You understand? I mean, speaking simple English, I didn't go to school. I don't understand all these big words. You're always coming up with a lot of big words. You know what I'll do? I'll, go I'll promise you this, and I promise the world. People want to see me slap you. They want to see me do something to you, and I, that's against the law. But I'll tell you what, one of these days, I promise you, the next time you get in the rain agitating with me, I hope you're there on my last fight. I swear I'm going to pull it off. 
show the people that you're not the man you was a few years ago. You always said, Muhammad, you're not the man you were 10 years ago, right? Right. Well, I'm going to ask your wife, are you the man you was last year? You'll get a quick answer to that. All of the years, all of the times together, I've enjoyed them. You're a very special man with a very special meaning Thank you. to all of the American people. Thank you. I congratulate you. It's my honor. Your name is Muhammad Ali. pass between us. It's so hard to believe and so memorable. And now it's time to say to you, Muhammad, God bless you and happy birthday to you. You're 50 years old. I never thought that could happen. Not to you. But it has. And you know something? You are exactly who you said you are. You never waive it. You are free to be who you want to be. I love you. Wow. Why don't we roll to an early break here so I can have a big uh, opening uh, finishing segment because I'm a little taken back by that. Bottom line is you are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. Every time I hear that clip, Postel in Tears, Breaks me up. You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide. We all know health care has changed drastically. It's quite the puzzle to sort through your options and find a health insurance plan that's affordable and maximizes your benefits. And you're now required by law to have health insurance or you may pay a tax penalty. So let the Health Markets Insurance Agency help you. They offer plans from over 120 different companies and can even help you obtain government subsidies. Let them do all the research for you and show you how affordable health insurance can be. A service that's at no extra cost to you. Call now and learn your options to find affordable health insurance. 800-614-1242. 800-614-1242. Health Markets Insurance Agency is a DBA or assumed name of Insphere Insurance Solutions, Inc., which is a licensed insurance agency in all 50 states and D.C. Not all agents are licensed to sell all products. Service availability varies by state. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? but you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. 
So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738. Who did you let down today? Your wife? Your kids? Well, how about yourself? Take a look in the mirror. If you're tired of your drug and alcohol problem, you need to fix the problem and right now before you hurt or kill yourself or worse yet, somebody else. Call the addiction specialist now at the Detox and Treatment Helpline 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. If you have private insurance, we specialize in finding you the right treatment. When you call right now, you'll speak to a recovering addict who understands what you're going through right now. Let us help you break your addiction to drug and alcohol before it's too late. This call is completely confidential and free. So if you have private insurance, take five minutes of your time. Call right now. I promise it'll change your life. 866-490-3992-866-490-3992-866-490-3992. Now more of Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. Celebrating the greatest, Muhammad Ali. The great Howard Cosell there. Breaking everybody up. Of course, Cosell passing away in 1995 at the age of 77. Probably the most iconic television announcer as far as boxing is concerned, without a doubt in history, eclipsing even the great Larry Merch. You are tuned to Ring Talk live worldwide. You're inside the world of boxing this segment. Don't forget the Sunday edition, 11 a.m. Pacific time, two hours. Back then, let's talk about the Ring Talk weekend. Saturday, 11 a.m. Pacific time for an hour. Then Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific time for two hours. Now, of course, Muhammad Ali's been suspended for two and a half years. He comes back in 1970. He takes on Jerry Corey, ends up cutting Jerry Corey. This after Governor Lester Maddox of uh, Georgia gives Muhammad Ali a boxing license, allows him to uh, fight in the uh, state of Georgia, retains a ring championship, the Ring Magazine World Heavyweight title that he was never stripped of. Of course, he fights Montevena. Then he fights Joe Frazier in 1971, gets decked in the 15th round, gets really hurt in the 11th round, really, really hurt and ends up losing a 50-round unanimous nod. I thought it was closer than the scores were, but the bottom line was Joe probably deserved to win that based on aggression, the fact that he decked Ali and hurt him. Of course, ate a lot of punches, but Joe Frazier, never the same. Both guys probably never the same after that, but especially Joe Frazier. Jimmy Ellis, Buster Mathis, Jurgen Blend, Mac Foster, George Chavallo, Jerry Corey again, Alvin Lewis. Um, we're talking about guys that, you know, not, not, not big, big-time guys, but, you know, they were the, the household names, the top 10 contenders at the time. Of course, Joe Bugner, Bob Foster, the former light heavyweight champion. All these, like, 40 years. I take that back. He's 40 and 1 now. He's only 30 years old. He had five, six fights in 1972 and, like, four or five, four fights in 1973. I mean, the guy was fighting a lot. Then he comes back and he fights Joe Frazier in 74 in New York City. Beats him on a 12-round decision. Probably knocked Frazier out in the first round, but the referee, Tony Perez, gaffed and thought he heard the, the bell about 15 seconds earlier than it actually did uh, uh, place and took that 12-round decision for the NABF heavyweight title at that point in time. Then he fought a guy named John Pierre Koopman, Jimmy Young. That was a close fight. Richard Dunn, 
uh, Ken Norton. Of course, any fight with Norton was hell. Alfredo Evangelista, Ernie Shavers. Ernie Shavers almost killed him. He hit him so hard. Then he lost to Leon Spinks. Yeah, 55-3. and He's 36 years old. Old man now. 50-round decision in Las Vegas. I think it was the convention center. Okay, and the great Ron Lyle. Ron Lyle was a good fighter. Ron Lyle gave Muhammad Ali hell, but Ron Lyle told me when he sat there that day, he realized, and you know, that everybody gets old. Even though, even knowing that, Ron Lyle tried to come back like when he was late forties, early fifties, something like that. Anyway, what a guy says at one point in time, what he does later in his own life, they're different. Anyway, you look at the career of Muhammad Ali now. The Leon Spinks fight, the first one, a unanimous. Take that back, a split decision loss in fifteen rounds. Then he comes back. The age of 36, almost 37, New Orleans, Louisiana, and he beats Leon Spinks for the heavyweight championship. Uh, now 56 and three, but he waits a couple of years. You know, retires. Yeah, I'm not going to fight anymore. Then Don King lures him out of retirement to fight Larry Holmes in 1980. Well, guess what? Muhammad Ali was like 260 pounds. He was fat. He was soft. He was like a doughboy. Okay, had a mustache, cut his lips, barn, had a bad, you know, had a mustache. Didn't look like Muhammad Ali at all. Sort of looked like, like an African-American bus driver, a little chubby African-American bus driver. Okay, But he came back from that. He dropped the weight, although it, uh, it, it, it harmed him greatly in dropping the weight. Not because he dropped the weight, but because of the manner in which he dropped it. He took a drug called Thyrolar, which was prescribed by a guy named Dr. Williams, who had been brought in by Herbert Muhammad, uh, that was the son of Elijah Muhammad, of course, who started the Nation of Islam. But that was Muhammad Ali's manager. And they brought in this Dr. Williams guy, and he prescribed Thyrolor for Ali, saying that Ali had a thyroid issue when he didn't. But what he did was it took weight off artificially. Okay? So he was finished. Got pummeled in 10 rounds. Came back, fought one more time against Trevor Burbick in 1981, and it was all over. Muhammad Ali retired 56-5. and Three-time world heavyweight champion, 37 knockouts, 19 decisions, four decision losses, the one stoppage to Larry Holmes. The great Muhammad Ali being celebrated on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, iHeartRadio, Sirius XM Satellite Radio, the American Forces Network, and live coast-to-coast on sportsbyline.com. 